0: This episode is brought to you in part by TSMA Consulting, the entertainment industry's leading social media firm. You've heard on the podcast from the top people in entertainment how vital a well-curated social media presence can be for your career. Dropping Character is proud to be partnering with TSMA Consulting, a globally recognized social media firm that can help you make sure your social media represents the quality of your work. I've worked with them personally, and man, did I learn a lot you do sign up make sure you tell them robbie sent you all right let's get on with the show this is robbie ramos and you're listening to dropping character man i, man, I, man, I don't drop character till i've done a dvd commentary.
1: journey has showed you that no matter where you are what turn you have to make like when you stay on the course you get to where you want to go you know and you have such a clear vision of where you want to go and i have no doubt in my mind that like you made the right decision and that you're gonna get where you want to go bro i mean you're already there but but the journey is still so much there's still so much more to go right you know so I think you made the right decision, and uh, I hope so. Feel, no. The fact that you feel so good with it—that's everything, bro. No, I know,
0: I know, bro. Um, when tell me about your beginning, bro, because we we spoke a little bit there at the hotel, um, but we got a little fucking <laughs> a little dizzy off of
1: cigars, bro. But Dude, tell me bro,
0: how it started, bro.
1: So it started with a C-section.
0: Okay, okay, that that's how it starts usually, yeah
1: dude i um it's so funny bro i i uh my parents always had this rule with my siblings and i which was called the 30-day rule that i think you and i spoke about it that day i'm not sure i don't know um but um so this 30-day rule you can move it you can move yeah yeah this 30-day rule uh was about giving us the power to feel comfortable enough to try anything However, we had 30 days to decide whether we wanted to continue it or whether we wanted to drop it and look for something else, right? My parents instilled this in us like from a very young age. As soon as we were able to like comprehend shit, they sat us down and they were like, listen, we're gonna support you in anything that you wanna do, but you have 30 days. If on the 30th day you tell me, mom, dad, it's not for me, don't even sweat it, drop it, look for something else and we got you. But if on the 31st day, you haven't told us that you don't want to continue, you have to give us your word that you will do everything in your power to become the best at that. <laughs> That's dope. And that was that was like, bro. And the funny thing about it is that, like, my older brother Jen, he uh, he did everything, bro. Like anything that it, like any class that you can imagine, mm. this guy did it, and he never counted the days. So, like, when it was when he got fed up with it and he didn't want to continue anymore, and I remember clearly. He would be like, Mom, Dad, I don't want to do Taekwondo anymore. And they were like, what do you mean you don't want to do Taekwondo anymore? And he's like, yeah, it's just not for me. And they're like, Jen, you've been doing it for like 60-something days. Like your 30 days were over a long Yo, time ago. Yeah, they had
0: stick to that rule. for
1: the day. But I promise you, they to the point where Carlos did Taekwondo for 12 years. <laughs> I swear to God. Because he got past the bro, fucking 30 he days. He 30 <laughs> days and, and he had to finish. So, yeah. Jen... He ended up becoming a a black belt. And and like, I mean, from there he did guitar, piano, percussion, like everything, bro. This guy did everything. And there were many times that he wanted to quit, but he just never counted the days. And so like, they were like, yo, you got to keep going. Me, however, I learned from my brother's mistakes. I did Taekwondo. I did percussion. I did piano. I did guitar. I did everything. You stopped
0: that day 29.
1: I did it all for 29 days. I swear to God. <laughs> and then at a certain point, I'm sure my parents were like, no, the being got this kid, he's fucking, he caught on quick. But the two things that I did that just really, I, I felt so passionate about. And, and to this day, I mean, I can't say that I stuck with painting, but I, I painted for 11 years. That was something that I really loved and that I was able to just channel all my energy on. And, and it, it made me feel good and then from painting i transitioned into acting bro and and to this day i mean i'm 16 years you know into this journey and i know 100% that i was put on this earth to do acting you know i, I feel so i just feel so right doing it you know when i when i have the blessing of being on a set and and being surrounded by a crew uh it's just there's just nothing else that fills me up like that and so how that all started was actually uh, my brother one day asking me to go to a class with him. And I was, I'm very like inquieto. I'm very active. I always, I always have to be moving. And my brother invites me to this acting class. I was 14 years old at the time. And I really had no desire to go. It was an acting class. He had no desire to go either. He had to go because he had, he just, he had booked a show that was like offered to him as like an 18 year old kid. And, he went and he did it, but they wanted him How much
0: to get... older than than you is he? Four years. Okay.
1: Yeah. So so bro, we end up going to this class and and I'm watching my brother and all these, you know, people in this acting class, and I'm just there observing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know why me dio por preguntarle, like I asked the uh, <clears throat> the guy that was teaching the class if I could go up and, and do the scene that they were all doing. And he kinda laughed and he was like, okay. And, bro, I went up and it was terrible. It was like probably the worst scene that anyone had ever done in that class. But it was, it felt so, I don't even know how to describe it, but that was truly the first, like my first encounter with acting. And it was something that I knew I wanted to to stay in. And so, actually, ended up taking that workshop, which was a, a workshop here in Miami that was taught by Sebastian Ligarde and um, it's focused on the Meisner technique. And I mm-hmm. took that workshop for four and a half years before ever auditioning. <laughs> the one thing that I was always very clear of was the fact that like, a first impression is everything, you know? And so I just wanted to make sure that before I ever walked into a room to audition that I felt comfortable enough to really just do my work at a hundred percent. And so I took that same class for four and a half years, primarily because there was a saying that I fell in love with, and it was a good actor could give you the same scene a thousand times. You uh, know, that being gone, I forgot it. It was like a good actor can give you the same scene one thousand times. A great actor could give you the same scene a thousand times in a thousand different ways. Mm-hmm. So, to me, there was something very interesting about taking the same class and doing these same scenes, but trying to discover new ways to to do it, you know? Because at the end of the day, the tricky part about what we do is that we have to memorize shit and then we have to say it and make it seem like it's not memorized and we're saying it for the first time. And then on top of that, we memorize all this shit to forget it because ya yeah, después, once you record it, like chances are if I asked you now to give me the scene from something you did two months ago, it's very hard for you to give me word per word. Right. <clears throat> but anyways, that was my beginning. And then from there, I, I, I then Started to branch out and study different techniques, a little bit of method. That uh, was all here in Miami. That was all here in Miami. Yeah. Oh, wow. And um, and then I was at the Miami Acting Studio studying method. After those four years doing Meisner, and then Ralph K- Ralph Kennard, who was the the coach there at Miami Acting Studio, was like, "Dude, you got to get out of Miami. You got to leave. You got to go to New York. You got to go to LA. You know, focus on the English uh, market because." the the especially here in Miami like there really isn't many opportunities to to really you know land those those roles i mean now things are different because now everything is being done electronically mm-hmm. and so you could submit yourself from anywhere but <clears throat> 6 years ago yeah um well actually this was already this was 10 years ago when this guy tells me to get out of here um and bro i ended up moving to new york which i know you were there as well yeah yeah um, dude. so i moved to new york i study i'm I'm at the institute of film and theater of lee strasberg which was such an eye-opening experience for me because for the first time i was the oddball out being american like everyone in that freaking uh like uh institute where everyone was from other parts of the world
0: oh really foreign
1: bro literally like you know how in school as a kid, like if there was a foreigner, like everybody would be like, wow, this kid is from Australia or whatever. Yeah. Like these people were amazed at the fact that I was American. Right. And, uh, and so I just got to learn a lot about different cultures, different people. You know, there definitely was a time where in class I was like, man, am I too normal to be an actor? Because sometimes, you know, some of these people, they, they open up and they start talking about things and you're like
0: especially in fucking method like Lee Strasberg and shit like that. I mean, people can kind of get indulgent with some other shit. Yeah,
1: bro. The way (laughs) I see it, it's like, I think that it's so important for, for actors to understand that we don't need to stick 100% to what we're being taught. I think Mm -hmm. it's a matter of grabbing the bits and the pieces that work for us and that we feel comfortable in uh, implementing into our work and, and just kind of creating your own technique based off of all these other techniques right. you know because if you try too hard to stick to what is or what is being said to you then you know no, that, it that can it's, be tricky
0: i think because there's different mediums like in 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 film and camera you can't always be method bro like there's yeah. times where you got to go meisner with it you got to go stella adler with it um so to be able to like use it like a toolbox, like oh shit, I'll use my Meisner shit today. I'll yeah. use my my Meisner. I mean my uh, my Strasberg, my my Stella Adler. Um, that's the best way. I, I went to Schreiber down there in <clears throat> in New York, and that's what I liked about that school was that because I visited all of them mm-hmm. right before mm-hmm. I moved. Um, I liked that they had different, like each teacher there taught a different method. Like there was check off, right? There was like. Um, Julie Garfield, who, who's John Garfield's daughter, was my first teacher there in New York. And she was um, more method. Like, she had an exercise where she got in front of the class and she was like, I'm going to go through all the emotions right now. Right? Yeah, era un poquito. And uh, <laughs> she was a little crazy, bro. But she was uh, she's so sweet, man. And she's fucking talented as shit. And she went through each emotion, bro, and all from the Strasbourg technique of like feeling stuff like, Mm -hmm. you know, the sun, like she'll feel like the sun is on her and then she'll start fucking thinking of a time, a summer in fucking 1976 where something happened. And so she went through all the emotions and I remember like being like, holy shit, I want to do that, bro. But the very next class I took was a Meisner class. And so then I, I learned to fuse them, like you're mm-hmm, saying, bro. Mm-hmm. you got to learn to fuse them and like kind of use them as as tools to, oh, how can I do this? Right. Instead of being like dogmatic about yeah, it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. For, sure. For um, sure. Dude. So so you moved to you moved to New York now at this point, are you making any bread like or, or are you just kind of studying?
1: Uh, So leading up, I had, uh, before I moved to New York, I had worked in Miami. I was doing soap operas. So after those four years that I studied Meisner here, Mm. I booked a soap opera with Telemundo uh, that was called Donde Esta Elisa, and I was one of the the juvenile protagonists of the show. Um, My father, who was my manager at the time, and to this day, he's still involved on my management team, more as an advisor. Um, But the guy somehow managed to sell me as like this little like golden teacup to these people this kid from Hialeah that was absolutely I mean I don't want to say I'm no one because we're all someone but in terms of like you know star power I had never done anything and my dad got me a bro for being 17 years old in my senior year in high school I was making a solid amount of money and you know I had no bills to pay I had nothing so like thankfully like I was very uh like on top of that and was able to save and also on top of that bro i was you know in the quinceanera magazines i was like the guy that quinceaneras could contract to sing at their party so on the no. weekends i was singing like at two three quinceaneras and tambien i was making a decent amount of bread so like by the time i left to new york i had enough to where like thankfully i also had a great support system and my parents were like if i needed something they were there you know which is something that i never take for granted bro because i've come across so many people in this industry that i've seen go through it bro and like I really I'm not I don't go to church often but I talk to God every day and bro I'm always so grateful for my support system and for my family because obviously you know that this is a an industry that at the same time that like it can lift you up and put you in the highest places it can also break you down and bring you to the lowest places and I've been in in those low places before you know and the important thing is to understand that we're going to get to those low places, but we have to gather the pieces back together because that's the only way that we can get back up to the high places. Um, and bro, every single time that I've been in that low place, I've always been able to look to the side and see someone in my family that has been there to say, yo, get up. You got this shit. Like, let's go. Sigue adelante." Yeah. And bro, that is the most valuable thing I think anyone can have in this industry because to be in that low place and feel how one can feel and look to the side and see no one, that's just tough. Like I get goosebumps just thinking about it because I, I, I and I always do my best when I have people like that that I come across to let them know that that I will be that person for them if they need it because, bro, there is room for all of us to succeed in this industry. 100%. Anybody who is willing to step on someone to elevate themselves in this industry, I'm sorry, pero es tremendo como pinga. Because there's so much amazing content out there being made. So many unbelievable stories being told. And it really just is a matter of if it's for you, and you know, like el dicho, si es ti nadie te lo quita. Like, bro, networks and producers and everyone, they're so set on what they're looking for that like, if you're the guy you're the guy you know what i mean and and i've always had that mentality about it and you know thankfully i've been able to cross paths with people like yourself bro Again, from day one we connected like if we had been fucking boys since we were kids like it just felt like like fam yeah. um or like you like to call it our tribe um mm-hmm. and uh and so yeah bro i think that uh that uh, that that support system and obviously the work that I had leading up to New York definitely put me in a place to where I was able to go over there and and just focus 100 on on school, which was another thing. A lot of people they have to worry about working and studying and auditioning, and then how do you get off work? How do you do this, bro? That it's it impossible. No, it, it's, I, I, it's I, impossible. It, it really is. It, bro. it
0: is. It really is. Mm-hmm. I don't know how fucking people do it, man. I had a support system too all the time <laughs> in New York, you know. Um, and there's no way I would have been able to write my play. Like there's just things that <clears throat> this business takes time, bro. And and if you're if you're doing a bunch of jobs on the side, you get home tired as fuck. You don't want to, you know, last thing you want to do is start writing a play. You know, all your creative kind of things are out of the window. So you spend that time over there. So how many episodes of soap operas did you do before you? bro? A bunch.
1: Like, imagine, that that soap opera, we recorded for six months. So I probably did, and it was an episode, a new episode on air every day. Oh, my God, bro. So, bro, I did over, like, hundreds. Oh, um, my God. Crazy.
0: But, but, dude, that's something No, 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 that... the
1: worst. <laughs> the worst thing that an actor... Oh. It's like a double-edged sword, but, I mean... Thankfully, things have changed in Miami with soap operas. Now there's a union before there wasn't a union. And because I was underage, I needed to have, I needed to have um, an adult accompany me. And I was also my senior year of high school, which I had to choose that, that year whether I wanted to keep playing volleyball or whether I wanted to pursue acting. Because we had a deal with the principal. School started at 8. At 10.30, I had to be out to be at Telemundo at 11 to start filming. And so the the agreement was I got to school an hour early so I would start school at 7 and I would kind of like have like a intense 35 40 minutes with each teacher get the work that I needed by by 10:30 I was out and then in between scenes I was doing the work um
0: Wait but you're so you're memorizing when dude cuz if you if you're shooting an episode an crazy. episode every like, day
1: that's the thing Our, like I was you're getting everything the night the night before too. And they really they never took any of that into account. Like to them, you just you can do it. So you you just you do it. So and and bro, like the hours were brutal. Like we would I would get there at eleven and that's that I was a minor, right? Like and I would be out of there by like sometimes eight p.m., nine p.m. Mm. But there were people that stayed there till like as I got older and I went back to do some things with them, like bro, sometimes it was 16, 18 hours, uh just and, so, and, bro, the thing that heated me the most was that there were times that they would call me in and I would be in my trailer for eight, ten hours, and then they would come and tell me that all of my scenes were canceled. And, that I, and I didn't do anything that day. I just sat there in the trailer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, bro, I get in it, like, cara de tabla, bro, to, to just, like, have somebody there. Um, but that's just, you know, that's just the way that things things were handled back then. And um,
0: So before you moved to New York... <clears throat> are you done with with soap operas or you kept doing soap operas after that
1: so when i moved to new york i had the idea of like for me it was like move to new york and then from new york go to la um and then about a year and a half almost 2 years into being at strasburg univision offers us another show <sighs> and and i was like you know at, at the time i'm like 19 years old 20 years old and i'm like dude it's work so I, I, I took it, I came back to Miami. I did like two more soaps with them. And then at 23, I I get the option of, uh, man, what was her name? Rosio Campo, I think, a producer from Televisa, calls us to go over there for this like, reboot of a really big soap opera that that existed and, and they were doing it and they wanted me to be a part of it. So I fly to Mexico, I go to Televisa, which is like, you know, the Hollywood of novelas over there in Mexico. I meet with a bunch of producers, bro, that are oh, amazing people. And it really is like, you know, when I was walking through there, it's as close as anything in the Latin market will get to like a Fox or a pair, like a, yeah. like a you know, any of these studios. Um, it's massive, actually. It's, it's insane. And bro, we end up agreeing to do this show. I come back to Miami, I'm super excited about it. And then the show... At, at the same time I was a little bit because my plan was to go to LA right <clears throat> and focus on the English market
0: because you had been doing yeah it's all Spanish I had Spanish, just been doing okay. Spanish, Spanish, Spanish yeah. and
1: like to be honest I didn't even feel that comfortable working mm. in Spanish because I had to neutralize my accent and yeah. be aware of that and to them neutral really means Mexican right Um, and so bro I'm here in Miami and then they end up postponing the show I don't know why but it gets pushed back a whole year the production and then I'm sitting here and I'm like man that that has to be like a sign that like I was ready to move to LA this comes now it's pushed back and so bro I ended up saying like I talked to my parents and I was like guys I want to go to LA I I think this is the time to do it like I'm I'm 23 and uh And I just, I I feel that I have to. And so I flew out to LA, which for anyone listening that has the plan of, of going to LA or to Atlanta or to any of these places that are really big in production. So what a lot of people don't realize sometimes is the amount of time that can be wasted, right? I thankfully, I listened to a lot of people that were in my circle. And so I went to LA, I booked a trip for one month, right? I thirty days, huh? You're back on the thirty days. Back on the thirty shit. days. Yeah. No, 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 I did. I went one month, uh-huh. and I set up a bunch of meetings with agents and with. Uh, take, with it, take it, take bro, it, take it. This is. Uh, so, I book a trip for a month. I um, and I set up all these meetings. We, you know, thankfully, Carlos Ponce. I don't know if you're familiar with yeah, him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, bro, it's crazy how it happened because. My, my plan was to meet with agents, meet with managers, then come back home, decide who the team was going to be, and then go with a team in place. Because a lot of times people, they go to LA and then they start trying to look for agents and managers. And then a, a big mistake that they make is they go for pilot season. So they get there in, in January and then they start looking to try and meet with managers and agents, but no one's going to meet with you because they're already in pilot season. So then you go January, February, March. You don't get to meet with anyone. Pilot season is done. And then now you can maybe get a few meetings here. Like, But it's just so hard, bro. And then like those three, four months, money is spent, time is spent. And so that's why I'm saying this to anyone listening that has the plan of, of doing this. Do everything in your power to set up those meetings beforehand, even if it's a week trip that you do before. So that when you get there, it's boots on the ground and ready to work. And that's so, exactly what I did,
0: bro. Yeah, bro. Yeah. And, that's, and it works. Yeah, that's absolutely. Dope. And I learned that because of New York, right? I went to New York. Although I, I went to New York, obviously, to, I was 20, 20 21, And I went for school initially. But I knew, like, dude, if I'm going to go to L.A., I don't want to waste any fucking time. I want to have my shit set up if I can.
1: Absolutely. You you
0: can't always, but.
1: Yeah, know. no, for sure. For yeah. sure. For sure. No, definitely. You know, if, you, if you're able to plug into your network and you got people that can set you up with the meetings, you got to take advantage of that. Yeah. And so <clears throat> I sent Carlos a message. He at the time was doing the show uh, called Cristela was a sitcom. Now, you guys know each other from the soap opera. World. We know each other. So while I was doing a soap opera, funny story, he so I was like in Studio A. And he was shooting a soap opera. I was doing the show called Donde Talisa, And then he was in Studio B doing Amore Amore Perro or something. No, right?
0: Amore Perro is that's fucking that's a badass movie, bro. Yeah. From, yeah. So, but they did a soap opera. Oh, really? They, yeah, did. they did. They did, Oh yeah. my god. And he was like El
1: Perro. he was like the guy.
0: The, Cause that yeah. movie's, I think that's Alejandro Gonzalez in Yaridoo, bro. <laughs> oh, like, really? well, but yeah, did, okay. Yeah, so, so there's a soap opera like version. Years ago.
1: Okay, okay. So Perro Amor. Perro Amor the Amor. I knew that because, yeah. 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 And bro, and so I always saw him at lunch. I always saw him in between the hallways. And bro, this guy, like the soap opera that he was doing, he was just like a papi chulo. Like he always yeah, had yeah. like 20 chicks. <laughs> and uh, and then bro, one day we, we never really engaged that much. But one day somebody in the production has the idea to do a paintballing like day. And it was Donde Estaliza versus uh, Perro Amor. And bro, the first thing that I ever bought myself with my first paycheck uh, was a paintball gun—a <laughs> freaking black magic double automatic semi cocker No sé Like bro, it was, I shot like thirty-two balls per per minute. Like it was like a trrr, double trigger yeah, yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, needless to say, bro, that I looked like freaking Jason Bourne <laughs> on this <laughs> yeah. on this course. <laughs> like it was insane. This guy. Production got so mad because he always had his shirt off during his tapes, uh-huh. like his thing. And bro, I lit the guy up, bro. Like he had like 20 bruises because imagine I when I shot somebody once, it was like I really shot them 10 times. <laughs> and bro, so like he also had like six kids and they were all amazed at like, you know, everything that was going on that day. And so from that day, even though it could have taken a really bad turn, he yeah. actually like, bro, that guy was, he, he treated me like family, bro. And so like years later like five years later I end up hitting him up and I'm like dude I know that you're in LA man I'm I'm gonna be there for a, li- a little bit of time it'd be great to link up this and this and he goes bro why don't you come by the studio I'm doing a show and I was like that'd be amazing so bro I'm not even in LA for like four days and I'm driving into a I think it was ABC if I'm not mistaken and bro I look like a like, un acaba de llegar a la Yuma. You know, I'm like, bro, I'm walking into the studio. I'm looking at everything. I cannot believe where I am. I walk into the set. He's on set. There's like an audience because it's a live sitcom. He calls me over. He introduces me to the director, to this person, that person. Then he introduces me to the casting director. She takes me to her office. We start talking. Bro, it was like a damn, bro. bro he, he unbelievable. Hooked he hooked me up. Like, shout out to Carlos Ponce. I fucking love you because he really did what's the tv show man the show was called Cristela oh which it's yeah, actually yeah, now yeah. i think they just they just recently like a month ago or something they put it on hulu or something right. it's a funny show it's he's a it's, it's a sitcom it's about this comedian her name is Cristela Alonso shout out to her she's an extremely talented writer uh, actress um and it's based on her life and then carlos was playing her husband on the show and so they she, call you in they call me in uh, we we just start you know we're hanging out and then uh and then he introduces me to the casting director Sandy and her and I start talking and bro by the end of the of her, like my meeting with her she was like man it's we're really busy but i'm going to do everything in my power to to help you to set you up with meetings and this and that how long you going to be here i told her and bro just from that sit down with Sandy she set me up with like four different agencies. And then I ended up like through the agencies figuring out managers. And then in that month I was able to meet with like, like four agencies and like, I think three different managers, right? And it was something, you know, it was something to where I was able to go back home. I, thankfully I made a great impression on everyone that I sat down with bro. And, And I was blessed enough to like receive positive, a positive response from everyone. And then it was just a matter of making the decision and deciding like who I thought were the people that I felt, you know, best with moving forward. And so I came back home. I went over everything with my, with my family and we made the decision. We signed with an agency, uh, we signed with this manager and a few months later I moved to, to LA. And then it's so funny because, and this is just another thing that I'm going to put out there, share it. Why not? I, uh, so I get there with a very small boutique agency that doesn't even exist anymore. Um Defining Artist was the name of the agency. It was it was these three sisters that ran it. And they uh it was so funny, bro. Like the, when I first met them, like I walked in for the meeting, they gave me like a three-page scene and it was like Shakespeare. And they were like, "Oh, can you are, do you feel comfortable doing a cold read?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure." And they're like, "Okay, cool. Here, just sit down with this and let us know when you're ready and we'll do a cold read just to see because I didn't have a re or anything. Mm -hmm. Um, so, I mean, so, I had the novella stuff, but that's in Spanish. So yeah. they weren't really interested in seeing that.
0: So this casting director set you up with like boutique agencies. Yeah. She was like, okay, you're, you're, you're green. Yeah. Right. Yeah, to this market. It,
1: there was no CAA or none of that. No, like, no, no, no. It was like, it, it was like boutique very, agencies. Very small agencies. Okay. So, yeah.
0: And you end up wanting, okay. But tell me about the Shakespeare shit.
1: Bro. So I'm sitting down in this chair, by the way, I look like a less is more. I'm always going to say that. Like, because <laughs> I, I for sure walked in there, bro, like thinking that I was... I don't even know what I was thinking. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> super bright leather Zara jacket. Like, Oh, my God, bro. bro. <sighs> my gosh. If I could go back and just like <laughs> put on a white t-shirt and some jeans, I really would have done that. But anyways, bro, I walk in there. They give me this three-page Shakespeare shit. And they're like, read it for a few minutes and then let us know when you're ready and we'll do a cold read. And, bro, I sit there and because of my experience already like in the soap world and how much mm. we just needed to go, go, go. I really, I, I think that our memory is like a, a, a muscle and if you work it out, it really does get better. It gets, it gets in shape. And so I have the the gift of like being able to read shit. I just memorize it. <clears throat> so bro, like 15 minutes go by and I knock on the door and the three of them are there and I'm like, I'm ready. And they're like, yeah. And I was like, yeah. And they come in, whatever. And then I put the papers down and they're like, are you, you don't want to, you don't want to read it? And I was like, no, no, I'm fine. And they were like, are you sure? I go, yeah. bro, We did the whole scene word per word, nothing. And then I think that, that was like the thing that they, they were a little bit more like, like, oh, damn, like, Mm -hmm. you know, he's, he's, he's hungry. He's, he wants to go for it, whatever. We did it. They, I, I go outside, I call a cab, Uber didn't, Uber wasn't there. I call a cab, the cab picks me up and I'm in the cab and they call me and they're like, Hey, we usually take a few days to like, think about this and get back. But we really, you know, you made a great impression on us. And like, we want to be that family that you speak of that, that you want to, you know, be on your team and vouch for you and this, that, whatever. And so I told them that, you know, I had a few more meetings that I wanted to, of course, take and then I will get back to them. Bro, I end up meeting, 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 meeting. I, over the phone, tell them that I'm going to go with them, right? Mm-hmm. And so the moment that I did that, they started sending me auditions. Started sending me auditions. I was still in Miami, putting myself on tape. I get here, like, the first two, three weeks, they're sending me auditions, auditions, auditions. It's going great. Um, a friend of mine books a show actually a girl that i had worked with on on a soap opera before moving to LA she lands as a as a lead on a on a network show and the show that her and i had just done we did boy- we played boyfriend and girlfriend on the show and they they were currently looking for the character to play her love interest on the show mm. so she sends me a message and she's like yo i saw that you're in LA i'm doing the show i spoke to casting about you cuz we just worked together we had great chemistry and she was like just get your agency to get you in the room. Get an audition. And I was like, okay, cool. So I call the agency. I tell them what's going on. I'm like, hey, who's who's working lead on this project? They tell me. I, I get on the phone with her. I tell her everything. And she's like, okay, cool. I'm going to set it up. And and this girl told me, she's like, yo, they're, they're moving fast. So like, yeah. make it happen. Bro, the whole day goes by. I don't hear anything back. Next day goes by. I don't hear anything back. Three days later, I'm reaching out to the agency. Like, what's going on? No response, this girl calls me, and she's like "Dude what's going on i go they're not they're not replying i don't know what's happening and I really bro like at this point, I had probably done already like six eight auditions with these people we got producer sessions we got callbacks we did you know it was very like great great feedback and dog for whatever reason these people did not uh they didn't they never responded about about this this project. They never got me in the room for this project. But they
0: but they were talking about they were talking to you about other things no, or no, no. no you no, it no. just went
1: silent. They went silent. And what's what's crazy about this that I I kind of I went ahead and, and I I went a little bit too forward was that the week that I moved I had told them already in Miami that I was gonna sign with them. And so they started sending me self-tapes, whatever. They I hadn't even signed the contract yet, but I made something very clear to them and and it's that like No contract, no nothing is ever going to be more than my word. I was raised by, you know, a principle that like, tu palabra lo es todo. So the week that I get to LA, this casting director that I knew from years ago here, he's like, dude, I saw you're in LA. One of my great friends is an agent at Innovative Artist. And like, I know that she would love you. Can you please take a meeting with her? And I was like, bro, are you kidding me? I, uh, of course, like, I mean, even though I'm I'm signed and he's like, oh, are you kidding me? And I was like, yeah, but I would love to just meet her. So bro, I go to, I haven't signed the contract yet with Defining Artists. <laughs> I drive to Innovative. I sit down at Innovative. I'm with two of their top agents. Um, and we sit down and we just start talking. We have like about a 30 minute meeting. And bro, the two of them are sitting across from me and they look at me and they're like, alright well I mean how do you feel about him she talks she says what she feels and she goes how do you feel about him he says what he feels and they're like if you're for it we would love to to have you here we you know we want to rep you and bro I just kind of like put my head down and I was like fuck
0: at this point they don't know yet
1: that you they don't know that I'm that I had people. given my word yes, to yes. the artists. artists bro I'm sitting there in my little fucking bright blue Zara jacket <laughs> It
0: worked though, dog. <laughs> that shit was working, bro. <laughs>
1: and uh, and dog, I just look at them and I go, guys, listen. I I feel so like honored that y'all would be willing to rep- represent me, and and I really like I'm I'm just I, I'm kicking myself in the in the ass right now because I and then I said the whole story to them yeah. how I came a month ago and I yeah. met and this that and then I was like and I gave my word to this agent that I was going to sign with them. And they're like, but you didn't sign anything. And I was like, yeah, I didn't sign anything. But like, I told them that I was going to commit to them.
0: Right.
1: And bro, they kind of like looked at me and they're like, and I said, listen, I hope this doesn't go bad for me, but I'm going to give them a shot because I, I told them that I would. And if for whatever reason, things don't work out with them and you guys would still be willing to represent me, then I won't even think about it. I will come here, knock on your door, and hit the ground going 100 miles per hour. And, bro, the the guy that was there uh, shook my hand. He's like, you know what, man? I appreciate that. I think that says a lot about about who you are. I wish you nothing but the best. Good luck with them. If it doesn't work out, you have a home here. Bro, and I walked out of Innovative. I then went on this journey with these people. Right. This shit happens where they go silent. Okay. And bro, they went completely silent after that. Did not respond anything, nothing. So then I look at the contract because yeah, by this time I had signed the contract. And I'm looking at the contract and there's a clause that says that if after two months I haven't booked work with them, that I don't have to stay the year, I can leave. So bro, the moment that that shit got to two months, I sent them a letter that like, I basically writing everything that happened that I still to this day would love clarity that I didn't know what, why this, that, whatever. They never replied to the letter. What? Bro. So you never, you never heard from these three Those three, three women. women could be kidnapped right now. I, that's, they that's what I'm banking done. on because I don't understand. They were like in love with me, bro. And they were so kind. And they were like, honestly, the reason why I even went with them was because out of all the people I met with. They really, they were sisters. Like they, it felt like family, you know. Right, and they, right. and they looked so. You didn't show up at the at the agency to see what up, bro. You I didn't have just... a car, bro. I didn't want to. I couldn't afford the the taxi. <laughs> I, I didn't want to go. <laughs> wow, bro. But bro, I just um. I just, uh, to be honest too, like I was so, because I knew the opportunity I had with Innovative, it was almost yeah. like a, yeah, yeah. Blessing. Yeah. So I just took it as that, bro. I, I sent them that letter and then bro, I went, I knocked on Innovative's door. Well, and- well, before
0: we get to Innovative, dude, <clears throat> I want to talk about, because it seems like you, you have an approach to going into these meetings that a lot of times, that's that's one of the steps where the actors are like, oh, my God, because you're like, oh, yeah, I want to get an agent. And you're, you're sending letters mm-hmm. and all that mm-hmm. shit. And then now you got the meetings. Yeah. So I want to know about your approach, your mindset. What 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 are the things you go in, like kind of preparing to talk to them about? Um, I want to know.
1: Yeah, Dude, uh, so that's actually such a, a great question, because what I what I learned along the journey of these meetings was that we can never walk into a room looking for work. We can never walk into a room and make it seem like we are there asking for something. You know what I mean? Because when we do that, we, uh, we kind of, the magic isn't there. And the reality behind what we do is that we are, we're unique. Everyone is unique. Everyone is who they are and no one will ever be who you are and that's what makes us unique, right? So when we walk into these rooms and I learned this because a producer actually in Mexico told me, um, I guess he saw me a little bit too like hungry and he was the one that gave me this lesson and I carried it with me forever, bro. And it's been something that I will never forget. And it's when you walk into these rooms, you have to make sure that we are, we have to make sure that we are We are showing what we bring to the table. You know what I mean? It's like, obviously, from a very humble place, you know, you never want to be cocky. You never want to be a dick. Like, it's always important to ground ourselves and understand that we are all the same, regardless of who you are. Like, everything's about human connection. So when you walk into a room and you connect with the person sitting on the other side of you and you are yourself and you're genuine, like, nothing can go wrong. Like, really? And so when I walked into these rooms, I was always very clear about who I was and what I offer and what how I can be an asset to you. You know, you're an agent. I believe that I bring this to the table, you know, and I believe that if you get me the opportunities, I'm going to do everything in my power to make you look good and, and make that person next time you call them you know, to recommend someone because you had recommended me before, they're going to say this person, I can count on them because they're going to send me someone that can deliver. And, um, and that was with the agent. And then, you know, with this person, it's always like, always know what you bring to the table and, and, you know, let it be known. Right. And I think like what you say too about family, right.
0: Um, it, it feels, and this is, this is something I felt too, when I met you, man, you, you talk to people, as if you've known them, you know for a long time. I don't know if that was just specifically because of where we come from, but I I'm pretty sure that that's how you are just in life, dog. Yeah, you know. And I it took me a while to learn that, bro. I'll, I'll be frank. Like I think in New York, um, in 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 order to kind of protect myself, I would I would I would behave in a way that some people might look at it like, oh, he's he's being standoffish or he thinks he's a shit, but it was actually, I felt vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I would put up this fucking like wall where the person, I, I wouldn't let myself be known to the, to, to the other person. Um, and it wasn't until like maybe bro, three or four years ago where I was like, no, like, like I'm going to let that go. I'm going to be myself. I'm going to talk to people with my heart on my sleeve. And if I get hurt, I get burned, you know, yeah, that's it. Yeah, for sure. Because but that's the that's what I think people fucking don't want to do is allow yourself to, to open up, to be opened up and be burned. Like you
1: might get fucked. Yeah, for sure. Um so, because we gotta be open to like when we when we're that honest with people, because like you say, it's very easy for us to put up that wall because we don't want to be burnt. And so when you when you wear your heart on your sleeve, like we do, and you're and you allow yourself to be vulnerable people are going to they're going to tell you what they feel and so like you got to be willing to hear something that you may not be too fond of mm-hmm. and not take it personal you know what i mean yeah that's so tough. that that is definitely something that you know sometimes can be impacting in a way that is is a tough pill to swallow but there's you know,
0: a, there's also a thing with actors where it's like Let's see how I put this. You, let's say you're you're doing acting, right? Mm-hmm. You're doing it because you love it, but also you think you have a shot at it. Yeah. Don't walk into a fucking room like apologizing about the fact that you think you're good at it, bro. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah for sure. And I think for a long time I did that too, so it was, a, it was a double thing. Not showing people myself, but in not showing people who I was like in my heart, I was also not, sh- not letting them know like, I'm fucking good at this thing. Yeah. yeah you know? Yeah. Um and I think because the, the way you trick yourself is by you walking into a room and saying that you're good at something, your ego. Oh, I don't want to I don't want to show off. I don't want to. Nah, dude, you can still walk in somewhere with love and at the same time be like, "Hey, I'm the shit at this." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, for sure, I mean?
1: for sure. And another thing too that is so important to to understand is that casting directors and casting associates, I mean, yeah, they love what they do, but believe me when I say they do not love to sit in a room and watch 800 actors do the same scene for two weeks, three weeks, a month at a time. Nobody is is going to enjoy that process. So it's so important for us to understand that the moment we walk into a room, The moment that that doorknob turns, that you put your hand on the door, everyone in that room has their fingers crossed and they are rooting for you. They want you to be the guy. They are praying. They're looking at each other and they're like, yo, this is it. Because they don't want to sit in that room and have to watch another 800 people. You know what I mean? So like the moment that we understand that they're not looking at us like saying, Oh this isn't the guy or whatever no like they want us to be it right you know so like the moment that we go into it with that mindset i think that also allows us to kind of take off that edge and and just go in there and 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 be ourselves and and you know be confident in what we bring to the table and what we do make our choices and just do it just do it and and you know once you do it it really is not in our hands and it has nothing to do with talent. A lot of times the reason why you do or you don't get a role doesn't have to do with talent. It has to do with the fact that your eyebrows were the same color as the stepmom that comes in in season 3 and that you know what I mean and it's just like things that we never think about. Yeah. yeah. And and it happens. yeah. Uh, it does, and it, and so like it's just very important to and like you said bro in the beginning this takes time. Mm. Anytime that a friend of mine has told me like yo I'm going to I'm going to give it a shot. I'm going to go over it for 6 months. I'm like bro don't if you're going over there for six months, don't do it. Because, claro, yes, you can get lucky and you can land on the first thing. But when you give yourself that time frame, bro, what happens? Three months come up and you're like, fuck, I got three months left. Four months come up and you're like, shit, two months, five months, six months. Yeah, when you get to the six months and you give, you say, it's not for me, bro. No, and it's what you said, too. Like the first three months, you're trying to find your footing. Yeah, bro. yeah, yeah.
0: So uh, the th- first three months are a wash almost.
1: Yeah, you can't. This is not. The type of thing that you can put a time frame on. Like if you do this, it has to be something that you're willing to do your entire life. And, you know, the blessings will come. I think you and I talked about it the first time we met. I always see this, I, I see this craft as like, I think there's a there's a huge misconception in in what being a working actor means. You know, and like especially for young actors, we seek validation by by like through our work. You know, every time you come back home and you see old friends or you see your family, it's like, oh, no? you know, I'm an actor. Oh, have you done anything that I've seen? 90 percent of people are going to ask you that. And that question for a young actor, it rips them apart because does, yeah. they a lot of times can't say that a person has seen something that they've been in, you know. Um, and so um, I think that it's very, very, very important to understand that a working actor is not, you don't have to be on TV or film to be considered a working actor. If you are nurturing your craft every single day, if you are reading scripts, if you are auditioning, if you are, even if you're going to a park and you're observing people because you want to see how people act in certain environments, if you're doing things that are, adding to your chops that's the work that makes you a working actor like I've been in this shit for almost 15 years 16 years and like I can honestly say that I have I consider myself to be a working actor since day one now the times that I've been blessed with a yes that I've gotten paid to go and bring life to a character on set that's not work to me that is a blessing so There's working actors for me and there's blessed actors. I've had the opportunity to be blessed and I've been able to call CBS a home. I've been able to go to Fox. I've been able to do these things before, but I've always been aware that those are just blessings. And the moment that they finish, bro, I can't tell you how excited I get. It's very, it's bittersweet because you obviously, you build a family with the crew. And so it's it's kind of a sad moment because you know that you're not going to spend as much time around these people that you have been for the last couple of months. But it's exciting at the same time because you get to go back to work. You get to go back to auditioning. You get to go mm-hmm. back to reading these scripts. You get to go yeah. back to doing all these things that eventually will bring another blessing. Right. You know? And so I just think it's it's something that we should all be aware of and not drive ourselves too crazy about because the blessings will always come. I'm with you on that, bro.
0: I think too, like uh, I was talking to my boys that, that are actors out there in LA uh, a couple days ago. And we were talking about You know, like one of them is starting to book a lot of um, he's been booking a bunch of co-stars. And, dude, I remember back three years ago when the same group of friends, we were like, fuck, if we could just book a co-star, you know, if we could just get on on Orange is a New Black with fucking three lines, you know, God willing, bro. And then now we're here three years later and we're like, we're just. You know, we're comparing ourselves with other people around us or whatever the case may be. And I was trying to tell him, I'm like, dude, compare yourself with who you were yesterday. Not with who someone else is today, right? And that shit for me, I, I really realized that now when I when I worked on Heels because it's like, You book the thing, you're super elated, you're like, wow, bro, I'm working on this show for five months, whatever the case may be, I'm a regular, I'm a this, I'm a that. The next day, you're back to fucking that mindset of like, yeah, but I'm not doing enough, or my role's not this, or, you know... Yeah, but I, I'm not booking these other things, and now I can't do... And so you immediately start comparing yourself with that circle that you're in. Mm-hmm. Like, your peer group keeps changing. Mm-hmm. So if you compare yourself with the people around you, you're never going to be happy, bro. Yeah. Like, never, dude.
1: No, but you said it best, bro, which, like, I feel like... I don't think I would ever get a tattoo, like a, like a major one. But if I did, it would be that saying that you just said, compare yourself to who you were yesterday, not to... Who someone else who someone is else is today that's i think that's so freaking it's, it's just, powerful bro that's, and that's it's, so powerful it and is. true because if you like you say bro as you start to progress and you start to get closer to that you know those those goals that we set out to achieve your peer group does change and you start to kind of be around people that are have maybe already been doing it or been in that circle for some time and if you start comparing yourself to them Then everything that you've worked for and and that moment that you're in right now, it's not going to mean shit when you're, you know, comparing it to somebody that's already been there for 10 years and is rightfully so in the position that they're in. Exactly. But if you continue to just move with purpose and, you know, and remain true to yourself and like you said, you know, compare yourself to who you were yesterday, without a doubt, you will be in that person's shoes when the time comes no
0: doubt dude no doubt if you keep if you keep down that path bro and that's what I was trying to tell him because he's killing it dude yeah killing it like co-stars guests and 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 so I don't know man I don't know there's there's things about this business that there's traps that you can fall into bro and and just fucking go down that rabbit hole of that trap now I want to get back to innovative though so you get to innovative (laughs) now you're now you're backed by a, a legit agency right there what what happens next man are you auditioning like
1: uh, like a madman bro yeah like a madman. right off the bat right off the bat um it was it was truly something that that uh it was exciting bro it was exciting because i could see that they they saw something in me and and they were very like bro from the get-go same as like with the other agency Everything was a callback. Everything was a director session. Everything was in the mix. Everything was like, and then it became like, well, shit, why, why is it not, why am I not getting it? You know, why? Like, and then I started to drive myself crazy over that. And then they started to explain to me, like, listen, man, like, this is a long journey. <laughs> yeah. A like, marathon. You know, like yeah. you just, the fact that you are even getting this feedback and this, like, those are victories. That, I know that it's not the victory that you're looking for. Right. But you need to understand that, you know, this is a this is a an industry where you need to create a fan base amongst the casting directors. You need to show them that you can deliver, you know, very, very, you know, not that there isn't people who have gone either gotten it. But for the most part, bro, it's a big responsibility that they're putting in our hands when we book a role. And so they need to know that you are going to deliver, you know, your best every single time and sometimes that takes time um and so we started to audition started to audition and dude it was it was crazy because i kept getting so close to so many unbelievable things and then um my second pilot season with innovative i uh i end up Bro, it was so crazy. I ended up going to this uh to this audition. I had booked like um actually like within the first like month with Innovative, I booked a movie in Hawaii. And it was the lead. There was like five leads in the movie. Um and I was like, holy shit, like this is this is this is what like living in LA is being with this agency, no sé qué. I thought, bro, that for sure. That's it. I, I pictured myself Ugh. like four months from that moment, like with Leonardo, freaking <laughs> chilling at, Leonardo. at the boo, at right. the no boo. Right, right. Bro, little <laughs> did I know that like after that movie, I didn't work for like five months, bro. It was crazy. But, um, bro, so crazy, so crazy. um, Crazy enough though, I got to work with some, unbelievably talented individuals in that movie. I wouldn't recommend the movie to anyone Uh. because it was terrible. Uh. But it was one of those movies where I think it was like everybody from there, bro, went on to do outrageous things. Mm. Like, crazy. I think you actually worked with one of them in Snowfall, Sheila Vand. I don't know if you remember her. but Very, very talented um, actress. Um, But anyways, dude, so so I start to audition start to audition and and then i I end up my second pilot season having a really crazy uh which i mean i don't know if we're if we're limited on time no 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 we're good dude i uh so I get this audition for for behind enemy lines remember the movie
0: yeah, so, Owen wilson,
1: yeah, yeah, so they're doing a a remake of it, but they're doing a TV show for Fox. So badass, bro. The script was like fucking unbelievable. And I'm auditioning for Owen Wilson's character. Mm-hmm. And I, uh, that day, it was, it was actually a next day appointment. My brother was, had also been preparing this audition for like four days. Same role. Same role. And I had been helping him like Like prepare it. So I was actually very familiar with the role. So when they sent it to me and they were like next day appointment, thankfully I had already been helping my brother for Mm -hmm. like three, four days. So I was like, boom, money, let's get it. So that same night that I get that next day appointment, I get another next day appointment, but it's straight to directors. So it's a director session for another pilot called Las Reinas. That was for ABC. So, behind enemy lines was at 11 in the morning, two minutes away from where I lived. and Las Reinas was at 4 p.m., like five minutes from there. There were bro, it was like a that would never happen. That would never happen again. That I have that there was just right there. So, bro, I walk into to uh, this this building that has honestly become my favorite building to audition at because they're just. Unbelievable people and, and they really like, you know, like Innovative told me long ago when we were together about creating that fan base amongst casting directors. I think, you know, these people have given me enough opportunities to where I've always prepared myself and walked in and taken my shot and, and they feel comfortable in like putting me in situations to where like they know that I'm going to give it all I got. And um, although this was the first time that I was meeting them. And so uh, I think it's UDK uh, Casting. And they, they, uh, I go in and bro, when I, when I'm done doing the scene, the casting director's like, this is yours. And I'm like, that same, like, look, I was like, what? <laughs> and she's <laughs> yeah. like, yeah, you're going to book this.
0: Oh my and God. And I was like,
1: what? Oh my God. Bro. And she goes, do you mind waiting outside? And let me just get everybody out of here, and then we're gonna work we're gonna work on it a little bit, and then later on you come back and do it for producers and, and the director. And I was like same day, same day. Okay, and I was like, Yeah, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. yeah, <laughs> yeah I'm freaking, do whatever you want. Yeah, yeah. bota a todo mundo And I walk outside, I'm sitting down, and um bro, I see like six. Freaking dudes go in there and and do the audition, and I'm like just sitting there. Everybody leaves. She calls me in. She gives me some notes. We do it, and then she calls the the like head of casting, and she goes, "I want you to watch this kid." And he sits down, and she goes, "Let's do it again," and we did it again. And he was like, "That's fucking fantastic, bro!" Like, like who are you? Like where are you from? Mm-hmm. So I start talking to this guy, and then when we're done, he's like, "All right, man. Well, this is yours to to lose." uh be here at four the producers will be here with the director and you know let's i think we got our guy bro and i'm like what the fuck is happening bro like i could not believe what was going on yeah and at this point i already had this thing where every time i walked into an audition room i always i always would thank god for allowing it to go as incredible as it did before it even did you know, like I would just every time before I walked in the room, I said, God, thank you for allowing this to have gone as incredible as it did. Thank you for allowing me to perform at 100 percent of what I'm able to do. Boom. And I walk in the room and I do it. And bro. So I walk out and I call my agents and I'm like, guys, I tell them exactly how it went. And they're like, what the fuck? Like that doesn't who that never happens. And I was like, so what do you guys think I should do? I'm supposed to be here at four, but I have the 415 appointment for Las Reinas, and they're like, fuck, the 415 appointment, if she really said all of that to you, like, you focus on that, and then when you get out of there, if you have time, you go to the other one. And I was like, okay. So, bro, I go home, I tell my brother the whole thing, my brother is like, he can't believe it, right? and, uh, and we're just there. It was brutal, because at this point, it's like 12, and now I need to wait four hours, so you can imagine, like, that Los Nebios, yeah. and, and just everything, and at this point, like, this was already my second year in L.A. And I was, ri- I mean, still to this day, bro, like, you know, the hunger never goes away. And for an opportunity like that, you know, it's just something that, like, you can't help but think about, you know. What's going to happen. All the things that could happen, yeah. you know. Yeah. I'm thinking about helping my mom with this. Oh. My, you know, like, just so many things, bro, that go through your head. I know. And um, I get to the studio, bro, at, at 4 p.m., I walk in there. Thank God for allowing it to go as incredible as it did before it even did. And allowing me to perform at 100% of what I could possibly do. And I walk into the room. There's like nine freaking people sitting down. And I, I do the, the audition. And the last line in the audition was, I'm sorry. And I've said it. And then I look at, I'm looking at all these people, bro. And they all have blank faces. Like completely blank faces. All of them. And I look at them and I'm just like guys I'm really sorry. Like I am sorry. And they're like what? And I was like I value people's time way too much to waste it and I think I just wasted everybody's time in this room. And bro the casting director is looking at me and she's like and she just gives me a sign like that like to get out. Bro and I walk out of there it's like 4.08 it was like just a very quick thing. And, bro, I go outside and she comes out behind me and she goes, what was that? And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, why would you apologize? And I was like, I don't know. And she's like, just go. Just go. Bro, and I start to walk away. And I get to the stairs. And, bro, for the first time ever, I broke down, dog. Like like I had never broken down like bawling dog, bawling, crying in the fucking stairwell of this building because all my life I had always been so close to so many unbelievable things and everyone would always tell me like, yo, keep your head up, like, tu momento va llegar, like, your time is coming, you just, the right row, the right row's gotta come, the right row's gotta come. And I'm sitting there fucking crying like a like a 13-year-old little baby who just had their heart broken for the first time and... I was just thinking to myself like bro this was it like that was the moment that was the one like she told me you know what I mean like how could I have fucking fucked it up and bro I call my my agent and I'm like which I, I was always I still am very sure of what I can do and so I was always very like whenever I'd finish an audition, I'd call them and be like, yo, get the test deal ready. Like, we're, we <laughs> ship it, like this and that, whatever. Like, And they always laugh and, and it's, a, it's always a funny conversation. And bro, I call and I'm like, yo, call Carla, tell her I'm not coming to the 415. Like, I'm done here, but I'm going home. I'm fucking, it didn't sound that clear. I was like, <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> yeah. like what is happening? And I was like, no. And I hung up the phone, bro. They're calling me, calling me, calling me. I'm not answering. I get in my car.
0: But dude, hold on, hold on, hold on. What happens, dog? What? So wait. So you do the audition
1: and it, it doesn't. What happened? You, you, your nerves got the best bro, of you. They didn't. They just were all looking at me, and I guess the nerves got the best of me. And then I said I apologized for. But the, the audition, you did it the exact same way you had done it, bro. To be honest with you, I don't remember a single thing about that audition. Like the moment that I said sorry in that last line, I can't tell you what happened in the audition. Okay, I was sweet. so out of it. Like, I was even lightheaded. I swear to God, when yeah, it finished. You were, you were. I was, I was like. And it was a very intense thing, too. Of course. Because it's yeah. the whole thing where, like, this guy is caught behind enemy lines, and, like, they, they have, like, the thing was insane. But I was just so, like, hyperventilated in the scene that by the time that the scene was uh-huh. done, I was just like, I-, I was there, but I don't know what the heck had just happened. And then I saw all of their faces.
0: And it, and you freaked.
1: And I freaked. And okay. I just, like, so I walked out of there, That whole thing. I call him, I yeah. tell him, I'm not going to the 415. Yeah. And then, bro, I'm sitting there like, bro, like, like I had like a rage, like the crying like became like rage. And then it became like all these things. And, and I'm sitting there, bro, looking in the review mirror and my house is literally two minutes that way, one road. And the audition that I had to do was five minutes that way. And bro, I'm looking there and I'm fucking crying. And I'm like, bro, you know what? This is God. God is testing me. Because I know that the day of tomorrow, I will be on set. I will be working on a set. And something will happen to me to where I'm not going to feel at my 100%. I'm going to feel like shit that day. But I still am going to have to walk into that set. And I'm going to have to give 100% of whatever I got because they're going to expect that from me. Right. And I'm also not in a position to where I could pass up on a director session because I'm looking for work. So who the fuck am I to not show up to this director session when they're trusting me to put me in that position? So I don't even call my agent. I just fucking bust a highly U-turn and I go that way to the audition. Bro, I promise you that I had not even looked at the scenes because I was so banking on like getting this. The other one, yeah. It was right there, bro. I pull up. It was a one it was one scene, two pages. I'm reading it, reading it, reading it, reading it. And I memorize it. And I walk up the stairs. I knock on the door. Carla answers. And she looks at me and she goes, Are you okay?
0: This is Carla Who?
1: Yeah. Yeah. She goes, Are you okay? I go. No, but I'm ready. And she was like, "Do you need a minute?" I go, "No, let's go." But she puts me into the room with the with the director and and like two other people. And we do the scene, bro. And I I went through that scene. I did the whole scene. They gave me a note. I did it again. Didn't fuck up. Didn't like it was, for for what I had just gone through, bro. Like I walked out of there feeling like a fucking champion because. I knew what I felt and I knew like how I felt and and a big part of me, bro. I'd say the majority of me, like was really not up for that. But I walked out of there and I was like, bro, I know that the day of tomorrow, like when, when, when I have to do it, like I'm gonna, I'm gonna be able to, you know? Mm-hmm. And bro, I get home. My brother's waiting for me, expecting me to share an unbelievable story with him. I tell him the whole thing he is just in absolute shock because this has never happened to me. It had never happened to me, nothing like this. And, bro, as I'm telling my brother the story, my phone rings, Innovative, and I'm like, oh, shit. So I answer the phone, bro, and Innovative is like, Jason, um, you want to tell us what happened? And I was like, what do you mean? And they were like, yeah, like, <clears throat> we just heard that you know, they told us that, that you went in and then you did it and then you apologized for wasting everyone's time. And, you know, like we can't have actors that are going in and, and that are doing this and that and then like making people feel like they wasted time. And, and I'm like, bro, my brother's looking at me and he's got his hands on his head. And I'm like, oh my God, bro, these people are gonna, they're gonna cut me. Like, and then they're like, and you, but you know why it was the craziest thing? And I'm like, why? And they're like, because they just, they just offered you your first test deal oh my god and I was like what and they were like yeah they they have no idea what the fuck you apologize for they say that it was the best audition that they had ever seen and that they were just like they were they had nothing to say and then you spoke before them and then it was just like a very weird thing and then bro I was like bro there there I fucking really started I broke down because for me like it had been two years that I had been there and I I had just gotten a test deal to play the lead on this show for Fox and right it was fucking, bro. It was unbelievable. Um, and then the crazier thing is, I didn't end up. I it went in a, another direction. That that uh, it was me and like two other guys that tested. And, oh, and they ended okay. up uh, going yeah. with with one of the other guys. Um, but uh, a week later, a week later, they end up hiring a different casting director for that other thing that I did Mm -hmm. with Carla Carla didn't stay on the project somebody else came and that person recommended me to to this director and the director was like I already saw him and she was like and? and he's like he's not the guy and they were like she was like you gotta see him again and bro she got me in the room again with the same people but this time I had two days to prepare this and I was going in with a whole other mindset and I went in and I did it bro and when I walked out, I called my agency and I was like, yo, get ready for our second test deal. <laughs> and they started laughing, bro. Uh-huh. They're like, Yeah, okay, Jason. Okay, yeah. Bro, and like two hours later, we had our second test deal from ABC. And it was the same thing that I had done that I had done a week prior, but it was just a whole different mindset, you know? Right. And like, bro, again, I feel like I'm like I'm just uh preaching here, but I really believe that God does things for a reason, bro. And he puts us in situations like to show us what we're capable of. And, and I'm, I'm so grateful for, for that. uh, Just that whole experience because I learned a lot, you know, that one also went in another direction. As you know, like when you test, you're always testing against one or two other people. Um, And, but, but nonetheless, you know, it was an affirmation that I'm, I'm definitely doing, you know, what I should be doing and uh, on the right track on the right track know that, bro you know I've to date I've tested six times all six times it's gone in a different direction but you just gotta keep on fucking you know trekking along and, and doing what we can when was the last one that you did the last one that I did was last pilot season uh, for Apple TV for this show called uh, Acapulco oh yeah yeah uh, I've heard of it yeah which is really good I I, uh, I I watched it. I watched some of the episodes, bro. It was so funny, bro. The writing on that show, yeah. so so funny. Eugenio Derbez is a genius. Um, and that was another one, brother. Like when I did it, it just felt so right, and the producers were all on board. Like everybody, like it, it seemed like something that was you. You think like, coño, the sixth one, like this has got to be it, and it wasn't it, and nothing, bro. I, I really, like I said, you know. Just another affirmation, bro. Another affirmation and another uh another little puzzle piece. Have you stayed with Innovative? I have not. I uh so about a couple months back many times in the last I was with Innovative for 4 years and there were many times that I uh that I had conversations with them and that we would get together and and you know I just think it's so important to have a plan. You know, like the way I see it, bro, like these agents, they they have so many actors. And like, obviously, there's, there's sometimes like they put more energy into one because maybe they have a vision and they see where this person could go. And with me, it was always so important to make sure that my agents had a vision with me and that they knew where they wanted me to, to go. And so, like, <clears throat> I would have weekly calls. Every Wednesday, I would have a call with, with Innovative. And I would talk about... Is
0: that something that you... Think, I requested it. You requested yeah. a weekly call.
1: Yeah. Because I know that they have meetings. They have weekly meetings where they talk about all the shows that are coming up, movies. And then they they look through their roster. And then they'll say like at a staff meeting, okay, like, hey, like we got this person for that. We got this person for that. This person for that. And so I knew that that meeting would happen on Wednesdays at 10. And they would get out at 12. And at 12.15, I was on the call with them. And it was like, yo, <laughs> what's going Dude, on? That-
0: First of all, that's wild. Dog. You know that that's wild, though, right? Bro, like... But how, how'd, you- <laughs> how'd you... How'd you negotiate that, bro? And that's a big ask, bro.
1: Yeah. I mean, bro, honestly, I just I just asked. I just, just said? I just said it. I was like... Because they also saw that I was very, like, on top of it. You know, I was always, like, checking in. I was always... I would hear about a project. I would send it to them. <clears throat> So I just asked them, I was like, what could we do to communicate better? So that I at least know that like things are being done to where we're aiming for something. That's huge. And that we're not just like that. You guys aren't just like sending me for the Latin lover or the guy that's got to take his fucking shirt off. You know, like what's going on out there that you guys think is going to be good for my career and like where we want to go. And then that's where they told me they were like, well, listen, we do our staff meetings every Wednesday at 10. We go over other projects we assign projects to agents and then like we talk about our roster and whatever. And I said, okay, what time does that meeting end? She said 12. I said, is it cool if we jump on for 10, 15 minutes at 12, 15, just to see like, if there's a project out there that maybe, you know, I don't know. she said, yeah, bro. And so every 12, 15, I mean, I would always call sooner, you know, and be on hold because I I really did not want to pass up on that opportunity. Um, and so, bro, that was how we did it. We had those weekly calls. And how,
0: how do those calls go? They tell you, hey, there's these projects that we're looking at for you, and then you...
1: you... So, yeah, they would basically tell me uh, like the projects that were spoken about, the ones that they think that they're going to get me in for. And then they were like, listen, it's not confirmed, but we'll send you the script, read it, tell us if something sticks out to you, if there's a different role that maybe you want to yeah. go for. Um, or if maybe, you know, because maybe the one that they thought really isn't something that I vibe oh, with or whatever incredible dude yeah bro no they were very sometimes bro I think that like sometimes we like you said bro like we're the CEO of our brand so if we if the moment that we start acting like that and talking like that I think people are receptive to I it just, yeah. and they they, uh, you know ojo we can never overstep no. or like you know like no, do it in a way that that is uh, uh, just like distasteful uh I was always very grateful to them for uh, giving me that opportunity I was always very uh, I would always express what it meant to me that they were as you know communicative as they were with me um and and yeah bro I mean weekly I send emails to my agents just thanking them for the opportunities even the ones I don't get because bro at the end of the day they're working to get us these opportunities you know and I think that when we go out of our way to make them feel like we appreciate them they you know that that just helps you know? Yeah. And so, but even with all of that, bro, I just felt like there was something missing because we were getting there. We were getting the test deals. We were getting, you know, between me and -and so-and-so, but then, but then it's not going my way. So I'm like, there's gotta be, I mean, granted, I understand that it has nothing to do with talent at that point. You know, when you're testing, like, it really is going to be because of hair color, because of skin tone, because of different things, different things that yeah. When you're testing, bro, the way I see it, it's like when you go to a a restaurant, when you look at the dessert menu, the owner of that restaurant knows whatever dessert you pick is going to be a good one that will like represent the restaurant. Right. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Yeah. So like when a network tests three actors, that's the producers saying to the network, like, listen, this is our dessert menu for the role of Carlos, whichever person you pick is going to do a great job. You pick. Yeah. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. So yeah, at that point, it's like things that have nothing to do with the work because the work got you there. Right. But I just felt like there was something missing, man. And I uh, I had multiple conversations with Innovative about that. and And, you know, we tried to work it out. But at the end of the day, I just, you know, I realized that I needed someone that has something to prove. And my agents at Innovative have been in this industry for almost 30 years and have absolutely no need to prove anything to anyone because they're successful. And so I kind of felt that they were already at a point in their careers to where they might be looking to do other things. And I'm at the point in my career where I need to break that that test fucking glass. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I need to get... I need to get there. And so for me, it was important to make sure that giving giving someone a shot that wants to prove that that they can bring that next person, you know? And so I I met with a, a few people after I, I made sure first that I parted ways with Innovative because I will be honest and say that like, bro, like those people for me, I won't say those people because I'm an honest guy. I'll just say Melissa Hershenson, I have so much love for this woman. Like, I will go out of my way forever for this woman. She truly is one of the best human beings that I've ever come across in the industry. And somebody who will forever have a special place in my heart. Melissa, if you're hearing this, I love you. Um, I'm actually going to send her the link so that she hears it. <laughs> because, you know. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, you know, I just... uh, I I really had to... I had to look for someone that, that, was, that was just hungry, bro. You know, that was really willing to go above and beyond and make that extra phone call that sometimes makes the difference. You know, when, you, when you're when you at a certain point and and you sometimes like that connecting the dots, you know, like some agents will go out of their way to like figure out how they can get in touch with this person who knows that person to mm, this, that, whatever. Mm. Because sometimes those are the things that just push, push you right you over through. the edge. Yeah. Um, and so I, I made that decision and and I'm I've been with this new agents, uh, with this new agency now for like three months. And and bro, it's been amazing, man. It it really has been amazing. We uh, like I said, we we've just we're so clear on what we're aiming for. And and I have no doubt in my mind that and we going to get it. And you're doing the same things of like weekly check-ins with them or no? I am I'm, I'm almost speaking to them daily, bro. To really? to this new agency, yeah. Yeah. I mean, now I've 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 cut back a little bit because we're coming up on the yeah. end of the year. Yeah, yeah, I have this project coming up that I'm going to be here in Miami doing that we spoke about. Mm-hmm. Uh and so like I'm a little bit more focused on that now. But uh but yeah, man. I mean, I'm yeah, come last week of December, like beginning of January. I'm ready to like just hit the hit the ground rolling with pilot season, and and I'm sure that they're looking. They're already at least my managers. They know that that I'll be on their ass, like white on rice. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and what, dude? I want to talk because you told me the story of Christian Ochoa.
1: Oh, bro, my dog. Tell
0: me, tell me that story of, because it it. it that's something that I don't think many actors would do. So if you would share that with us.
1: <clears throat> bro. So Christian used to... Him and his boys, they started a restaurant here in Miami called The Eating House. Right. Which... I, I heard they're reopening it. So hopefully they can like give me like a... I don't know, like one free meal a week. Right, right. That will be nice. <laughs> At least. Shit. <laughs> um,
0: How long ago was this?
1: What, The Eating this? House? When this... No, when oh, the audition when this, <laughs> thing happened. Bro, this was in... This was like my first year in LA. Okay, first year with first, year, first year with Innovate. With Innovate. Okay, yeah. go ahead. First second year. First year, first year. I uh so I we have been doing all these auditions and then uh and I get this like unbelievable script. It was called Pitch and it was about the first female baseball player ever to go into the major leagues which was played by this girl Kylie that is now on Big Sky. She's unbelievably talented like what a what a light in this world that girl is um anyways I get the script I read it it's like a six page a six arc episode for this character so I'm like this is the first big audition that I get and it's for Fox I cannot believe it it's a Cuban catcher who defected from Cuba the the, brother the the scene for the audition it was like it would give me goosebumps when I read it because it was just something that I identified with so much. I, I understood it without having to even think about it. And it was honestly the first time that I saw myself in something that I had been given because it was about a Cuban. The only thing that I como que me chocó un poco that I clashed with was that the description of the guy was literally it said like Hulk looking man. Who demands the attention of everyone when he walks in the room because of his physical stature and I was like, that ain't me right right you know like <laughs> I don't look like the Hulk right but maybe if the Hulk took a shit <laughs> like, I could I could <laughs> you know um and so bro i uh that morning I had another audition for I don't even remember what, but in the afternoon I had this fox one. And so that morning I'm getting to this audition and I see Christian and I had seen Christian one year prior to that morning, literally one, like right when I moved to LA, like this was already like, yeah, a year beginning of the second year into LA. But like right when I moved to LA, I saw Christian on the street walking his dog and I looked at him and I was like, bro, are you from Miami? And he goes, yeah, dude. And I was like, (laughs) did you work at the eating house? And he goes, yeah bro and I was like bro that was my favorite spot this and this blah blah blah. and we we exchanged info and like typical Miami guys we didn't hit each other up for a whole year (laughs) and we didn't hit each other up but then the day of this audition I see him in the morning bro crossing the street random random and then when I park my car and I get to that audition that I had in the morning he was there he was wearing a guayabera and I I go bro you know that I have an audition. You you've seen Christian. He's a big yeah, dude. He's a big dude. Yeah. And I go, bro, do you play baseball? And he goes, bro, I play baseball my whole life. I'm in a softball league. This and this. I go, dog, I have an audition today, in the afternoon, that is for a baseball show, and the character that I'm going for is a Cuban catcher, big dude. This this. that's you, dog, like you gotta get that. And he's like, what's it called? I go pitch. He goes, oh fuck, I'm gonna see. I'm gonna talk to my agent. I go, cool, bro. So we go separate ways. I go to the audition. I sit down. Susie was the name of the casting director. Suzanne. Oh, no, I don't remember 100%. Suzanne. Suzanne. And she, she, we're there Suzanne talking. Ryan? I believe so. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and she's like, uh, we're talking, oh, where you know, where you're from, this, that, whatever. Blah, blah. And I go, question, have you guys read this guy, uh, Christian Ochoa? And she goes, for what? And I go, for this. And she goes, for the role that you're about to read for, and I go, yeah. And she goes, but we're we're reading you like you're you're about to read for it. And I was like, are you gonna see anyone else after me? And she goes, yeah, I'm gonna see a bunch of guys. And I was like, well, fuck, you might as well see one more. And right. she starts to laugh and she goes, what's his name? I go Christian Ochoa. And she writes it down and she goes, okay, let's let's see what you got. So, bro, I do the audition. She fucking loves it. And three days later, I go back for a director session. And the only other guy in the director session with me is Christian Ochoa. Wow. And bro, like they bring us in together. They're like, do you know that this guy said that this, that, whatever, the whole freaking thing? Yeah. And and I'm like looking at Christian, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> bro. <laughs> yeah. And what's it called? Uh, and bro, that night I get a call from Innovative and from my manager at the time. And they're like, Jason, did you uh do you know that we got a call today from Fox saying that you did an unbelievable job and that you were their guy? And I was like, Yeah. And they were like, Yeah. But apparently you brought another guy that was like the guy, like physically was the guy on paper. Um, and so basically you did our job like this and this blah, blah blah and bro they were just giving me so much shit and i was like listen guys hold up let's be clear about something if you guys have a problem with what i did today then i have a problem with you because if i had to do it all over again i wouldn't change a single thing about it you know i i saw an opportunity for someone that i know is on the same fucking path that i am you know i i really didn't think anything bad about it oh i understand that the 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 cruel reality about this business is, is that if you don't have a team to get you in the room, it's very difficult to get in the room. And so on that, I get that, yeah, I, I did something that they are supposed to be the ones to do and and whatever. But again, I like I told you, we talked about it earlier, I believe that there's room in this business for everyone to succeed. I really believed in my fucking heart that God made me cross paths with Christian that day and see that vision of connecting one and two because that role was for that guy, bro. If if Fox, if, if it was for me, even if they would have seen him, they would have said, this is our guy. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and he booked it. He booked Christian it. Okay. He booked it. He booked it. And yeah, that's why they were so like- They were heated they as fuck. They were heated fuck. as fuck. And then I got heated because they were heated about it. Yeah, and So yeah. it just became a really fucking like crazy conversation. And it ended, like, very, like, odd. Bro, four days later, we get an email from Fox offering us uh, a role on the show Mm. for the same show. And then, then, yeah, bro, I basically, like, I called them and I was like, do you fucking see, like, how it all worked out? Like, it was, uh, I mean, it wasn't a six-episode thing. It ended up being three, but I got to actually bro i got to play a major league ball player with christian in petco park in san diego we got to go and like live an incredible experience together and like from that day forward obviously our friendship like became yeah, yeah yeah stronger like, you know yeah. became stronger and like i I've, I've had the pleasure of working with christian we just did far cry together uh which is a video game and and so we're both banking on the fact that the third one we do together is going to be something out of this fucking world and, bro, I, I honestly like it made me so fucking happy to see that guy book that, bro, because the same way as us that we're on a journey and we're doing our thing, bro, like I, I know what it feels to get that. Yes. And so I can imagine for that guy what that moment meant for him, bro. And like, thankfully, I've been able to see him do incredible things after that. And um and yeah, bro, I, I really believe that that whole experience really showed Fox like the fact that they were willing to offer me a role without auditioning yeah you know from seeing what i had done before and i guess from seeing my character as well like it was something that i think in the long run definitely put us in a good position with them you know after that after that is when i tested again for behind enemy lines Mm. so like you know i I think i think it definitely worked out in my favor yeah and now what dude so uh, now you're you're in miami talk to me about what you're doing bro brother I am going to be bringing life to the character of Emilio Estefan on the new, uh, on the On Your Feet musical that they're doing that they did on Broadway mm-hmm. a few years back. And so we're going to be doing it here. Opening night is January 26th and we're going to be going up until March 6th at the Actors Playhouse. Um, And yeah, bro, I'm, I'm so fucking Are pumped. Are you rehearsing already? I am. We start rehearsals January 12th. Well, actually, they start January 3rd, but I'm I'm in Brazil. I get back on the 12th, and then from the 12th to the 26th, it's gonna be the most intense journey of my life preparing for opening night. We are I'm doing Zoom because the director right now is in Spain and mm-hmm. the musical director is I don't know where, but he's not in Miami. So I have been working with them through Zoom. Um but but in person I haven't been able to not yet. I'm hoping before I leave on the twenty seventh that I at least get a week in with them which we're talking about it. Right. Um, But I'm also very familiar with the show because I had actually, funny enough, I I signed a contract to play Emilio on Broadway four years ago. Like it was between me and the guy that played Emilio.
0: You were telling me this. Yeah. And so
1: they ended up going in his direction. It was somebody who had been doing Broadway for a while. I had never done theater in my life besides studying it. Right. But like I never actually.
0: And singing. Yeah. Um, It's a musical. Yeah. Yeah. You have a, because I saw on your feet, um, when they did it on Broadway, the Emilio character has one big,
1: it's four songs. He has
0: four songs. Four
1: songs, but there's, I'd say, like from the four, there's probably like, "Don't want to lose you" is probably uh like, the one that that really, because the thing is, Emilio's not a singer.
0: Yeah, Emilio was
1: never a singer. You know, he played percussion. Yeah. Um, but. You know, I, for the for the sake of the musical, they definitely they integrated him on that side of things. Um, but it's never anything that's too, you yeah, know. Yeah, it's not too wild, too yeah. wild. Yeah. But uh, nonetheless, it is still, you know, it's it's up there. Have you it's, met him? Yeah. Uh, yeah. Recently, or or just back? No, here? I I spoke with him last week. But I've met, I've known Emilio actually for for a couple years just through family my brothers uh you know yeah and music right. and my right. dad knew Emilio and we've always supported them whenever they've had anything you know they do a lot of charity work here in Miami and so yeah we've always we've always supported any cause that they've they've stood up for and uh and yeah man and I actually I got to do the when I was auditioning for the Broadway run um they flew me from LA to New York like five times because they couldn't make up their mind. It was that was like bro, I grew so much in that journey um because it was the first time that I really committed to this in the way that I did um and I got to I got to meet him and Gloria like twice on out of those five trips and really speak to them about the show and I got to see just so much about it, bro, to where like when they called me now to tell me that they were offering me the role to do it here in Miami. Bro, I felt I've already felt so attached to it, and like especially with everything going on with Cuba, to come back home for the first time in six years and be a part of the story and do it on stage and just live that experience, you know, every night, which is something that I've always longed to do, but never really, never really had the um, opportunity, the opportunity to to do so. So, when does it go up? January twenty-six. Uh, Crazy, bro. Are you nervous? Bro, I, I'm definitely nervous. Yeah, right? <laughs> for sure, bro. For sure. I'm going to need your help. I'm going to need you to give me some tips. <laughs> I
0: will, dude. But the musical game is different, bro. I I, I mean, that's the thing about it. It's like, because it's theater, but then it's also singing. I would be fucking bro. wreck,
1: bro. Yeah. That's the thing. And I was talking about it with my brother today because there's like, there's so many moments in the song that are spoken, like that uh, are the scene. Uh But then like the moment that the singing starts, like you have to land on the beat and, and go with it. Yeah. And bro, it's like, it's, it's, I think also what, what's, what's, what's troubling me is that I'm hearing the original recording of the Broadway run. Mm -hmm. And so like, I'm not going to do it exactly like I'm hearing. I'm I'm obviously going to give it my own thing, but it's hard to give it my own thing when I'm not doing it with the people that I'm going to be doing it with live. Yeah, so no. I'm I'm here trying to, you know,
0: you basically are gonna have to wait till you're in that room with those people and for then, sure, and then, cause there might even be shit that's different. That yeah, you're not 100%. anticipating. You know, one hundred percent, dude. Jason, bro, you're you're you're. I I've only known you for a little while, bro, but I like you said earlier, man. I feel like I, I've known you my whole life, dude. Um, and I can't wait till till we work together, bro, and. You're a great dude. It's gonna fucking happen for you, bro. Amen, brother. At some
1: goddamn moment, bro. Amen, so, my brother. Um, thanks for coming in, bro. Hey, I appreciate the invite, bro. And Hell like yeah. you said, bro, I mean, I, I definitely from day one, I feel like it's family. Uh, and even though I, I we haven't known each other for so long, I've been able to, you know, through through other peers of ours, you know, talk with them about you, and from the stuff that you and I have talked about, bro, like your journey has inspired me in so many ways, bro, and seeing you killing it like you are right now you know you got your family you got baby girl like this is just the beginning for you bro like you've been on this journey for a long time but I cannot fucking wait to sit down again 5 years from now 10 years from now 15 20 there's no doubt in my mind that when when it comes to it bro like our tribe is gonna be fucking crushing it hell yeah <laughs> so, I can't uh, wait bro I appreciate the invite bro and you know you got a brother here for life dog Thanks, man. Me! Me, I know who I
0: am! I'm a dude playing a dude disguised as another dude. What?
1: You do know what dude here!
0: This episode was brought to you in part by TSMA Consulting the entertainment industry's leading social media firm. If you sign up for any of their management packages at tsmaconsulting.com, make sure to tell them Robbie sent you for an exclusive 15% off the first month. Thank you later.